This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Hunger on a daily basis is a difficult problem to wrestle with. Food insecurity as a way of life is even more difficult to cope with. And whether you are looking at hunger through a daily lens or food insecurity through an extended perspective, it is hard. It is multi-leveled, complex, and like a giant Jenga puzzle, every move brings with it the potential of hope or harm. But here is not what hunger is or food insecurity is. It is not bigger than we are, better than we are, and it is not beyond us to solve. I believe this with all my heart, soul, and mind. And so does our network of seven Feeding America food banks. And if you believe with us, thank you. If you don't believe yet, stay tuned, because we are going to do our best to win you over. Today, our guest believes like we do. And he is unlike any other we've had on the show before. Dominic Pallone is the executive director of the Michigan Association of Health Plans, and he is going to talk with Jerry and me about why the social determinants of health and food insecurity in particular is a topic that will be addressed at his annual conference of the Michigan Association of Health Plans this year and why food insecurity matters to the payers and our health care system. The intersection of food insecurity and health care from the payer's perspective, next on Food First Michigan. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson. Jerry, I love the banner in the background that that talks about this show. What does it say? It says, Food First, uh, featuring Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson, creating a food-secure state. It's, uh, it is, but, but what really drives it is the beautiful picture of the... The, the young girl who's drinking a glass of milk with a smile on her face and a sparkle in her eye. And of course, what motivates us to do what we do are the people that we help, right? So sure. it's, uh, but I have it up, not just, for, not just for our show, man. I have it up all the time. Yeah, because I, I want to remind people why we're here. That's right. It's right behind my desk. And everyone that walks in my office sees it every virtual meeting I'm on. It's in the background. And I say to people, don't look at me, which is good advice anytime. Look at why we're here, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, particularly, I don't think we can find anybody that thinks kids ought to go without food. That's right. I, I don't think that person's been born. And here's a guy who is a champion, uh, champion for the Michigan Association of Health Plans, and, uh, you know, a, a friend, uh, one that we've had good conversations with about how the social determinants of health are affecting health care. He's Dominic Pallone, and he is the executive director of the Michigan Association of Health Plans. He's our friend, and now, Jerry, he's our guest. All so welcome, right, Dominic. let's go. 
Let's go. All Do right. we have a good plan for him? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got some plans. I've got some plans. <laughs> hey, Dominic, welcome to the show. Um, and thanks for being with us. I know you got a huge event coming up. We want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but first, tell us about Dominic. Tell our listeners who you are and how you became the executive director for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. Yeah, well, there was a, a drawing of straws, and the shortest straw ended up as association executive. That's how I got my no, job. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, pre- I appreciate, uh, appreciate being able to be on your show, on the Food First uh, uh, pod- podcast here, and, and the ability to, to come before you both. And, and Phil, like you said, I've gotten a chance to know you a little bit offline. And, and Jerry, it's, it's great to work with you on this issue. And it definitely, you know, food insecurity, finding food security for individuals across the state of Michigan is something that we at the Michigan Association of Health Plans are beginning to get more and more involved in. Obviously not as intimately involved in it as you all are in your daily lives, in your daily roles. Um, but at our, at our role at the association, and, and our association represents 10 health insurance uh, providers here in the state of Michigan, all licensed and regulated and domiciled here in the state. Some are national names, some are Michigan-specific names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, all of our members operate in, in that health insurance provider space, and we all have long recognized that trying to address social determinants of health is uh, a leading factor in a person's overall health and food insecurity playing into uh, one of those um, areas of social determinants obviously being a critical one and one that I, I think personally, I think we can solve here in our state. Um, and so I'm excited to be here, excited to be a part of this. Our, again, our association represents uh, 10 health insurance providers. We provide coverage for more than 3 million Michiganders throughout the state of Michigan and, uh, and actually provide coverage for about 1.5 million Michiganders on Medicaid here in our state. Wow. Well, so, so there's two things I just have to remark yeah. on. I love that you said you think this is a solvable problem. I do. It's almost like you listen to the show. So I'm just going to assume you do right now because that's do. our I point do. of view, and that's yeah. awesome, Dominic. And Long-time we really appreciate listener, it. first-time caller. Yeah. All right, there we go. So, so here's, here's my next question, and it's this. When you were you know, 17 years old or 18 years old and you were planning on going to college and you were thinking about your future, you know, is that when you said, I want to be the executive director of the Michigan Association of Health Plans? Was that the moment you were sitting at your desk going, you know what I want to do? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I and I will freely admit, and, and if my parents are listening to this, they will they will attest to this. It's uh you know, I, I get to go back and tell my parents that I'm, I'm all grown up now. I have a great job <laughs> representing health insurance providers and uh, and dealing with the legislature on a daily basis. Two things that I think most people would prefer to avoid if they if given the <laughs> chance. But but no, it's it's been an amazing uh, path for me. And and uh, as a as a young boy, I I had dreams of playing for the Tigers or the Chicago Cubs wow. or playing professional baseball, uh, but I, I, obviously I'm, I'm here now, so it shows you my talent level was nowhere near where it needed to be. But, uh, but I, I will say this though, when I, when I was about 17, 18 years old, I had a part-time job working for a, uh, a large grocery store and 
uh, for whatever reason, they ended up promoting me and putting me uh, in, in, you know, in charge of doing some of the delivery and, and ordering for some of the uh, fresh fruits and vegetables section. And it always amazed me, and that was kind of my first eye-opening experience. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to grow up in a very privileged environment, but um, that was my real first experience seeing the waste that was occurring there and, and talking with managers at the store, trying to figure out what they were doing, how they could donate, how they could get more involved, and them explaining some of the things and activities that they were involved in at that store to make sure that some of that food was not actually going to waste. But that was, uh, that was kind of my first eye-opening experience here into uh, some food issues and food insecurity issues and the idea that we could do, do better and do more with some of the, the blessings that we have. Wow, that's great. It's amazing how many people come on this show and food insecurity has touched them in some way. Either you know they've experienced or they've been associated with it. Uh, so that's a really cool story. Here's my question for you as we're talking about Dominic, not, not the executive director, but Dominic. You, I think you went to Michigan State, and I, I think did. your degree is in international studies. Which relations. I can completely understand why you're in healthcare now. <laughs> right. War, warring nations, it's the same thing. War, you know. <laughs> I totally could see that segue. You know, right. uh, it, it, it has its own language, it has its own culture. Uh, you know, so I thought that was a really great um, degree to get and to land where you're at and be. And, uh, you know, you are in the news quite a bit, Dominic. I mean, there's lots of legislations that are popping up all the time. We've got a couple of bills right now that I just saw this week that um, you were uh, you were working your, sprinkling your pixie dust, trying to get them, uh, you know, nuanced a little bit so that they become better bills. Sure. Um, so that's an important part of your role, and I think that's one of the things that we share in dealing with the state and with the legislature. Um, and, and, and helping them understand who we are, what we do, and why it matters. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's definitely an important role of our association as a whole, and, and on behalf of our members, I'm happy to, to play that uh, front-leading role for our industry. I mean, we need to work and work well with policymakers throughout our state, uh, at the state level and federal level, and uh, part of my day job, day in, day out, is is working with lawmakers, with department officials, with, with executives, uh, helping them understand how we can improve policy in our state on all fronts to improve overall health for individuals. So whether that's working with the legislature on trying to find better ways to integrate behavioral health and physical health so that we're treating the whole individual uh, within the Medicaid population, whether that's working with our provider um, uh, partners out there, our, our doctor partners out there on trying to find ways to improve prior authorization processes so that mm -hmm. consumers and patients are not as frustrated in getting access to the care that they need and want. Um, or whether it's working with, with folks like you all on trying to address some of these social determinant issues and, and food insecurity issues specifically. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenging role at times, but it's one I enjoy and get to dabble a little bit in the policy world and, and try to, on everything we do, try to just you know, make things a little bit better. Incremental change is important, especially in Lansing. No one's going to solve all the world's problems tomorrow. But if we can keep moving in the right direction and our association can serve as thought leaders in that process, that's, that's really what I'm here to do. 
My understanding is what everyone's asking for, the, the, the health plans and the providers are more unfunded mandates. That's what I'm understanding <laughs> is that, you know, people want more of that. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm right. guessing that's part of what you're trying to do in there, right? That's a, that's a little <laughs> bit of what we have to do. Yes, uh, we, we have to do... Jerry, we, you'd be a great candidate for some of our education on some of this topic, it sounds like. Um, no, we, 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 we spend a lot of time talking with folks, trying to get them to understand the different levers around healthcare. How, um, you know, an idea may sound great, but you have to find a way to finance that idea. How uh, employers play a role in that financing in our state. We're very blessed in our state to have a very large percent of our health insurance coming from employer sponsored. Uh, health providers. And so, you know, trying to just figure out the whole ecosystem around healthcare, how to make sure that we're compensating uh, providers in the right areas and, and trying to uh, change compensation or reimbursement to providers to into areas of high need, making sure that we are adequately paying for OBs in rural Michigan and, and uh, a child psychiatrists throughout all of Michigan, high demand jobs that we as payers often have to restructure what we're doing in order to incentivize more people to, to uh, come up through that career in Michigan or to move to Michigan with that career. And some great successes on the autism front in recent years of really changing our overall policy, changing our overall reimbursement procedures, changing our prior authorization procedures, and really growing that industry to help meet the needs of, of uh, families that uh, deal with autism here in our state. Well, that's a great example. And of course, all the educational programs that you're doing that Jerry is going to be signing up for uh, <laughs> in just the next few days. So, hey, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, come back. We're going to talk about more about uh, the social determinants of health from the perspective of the Michigan Association of Health Plans and particularly the conference coming up where food security is going to be addressed. And uh, that's going to be done by yours truly. So I'm really excited. Dominic Pallone, Jerry Brisson, I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're all three back in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone. It's time for more and better. That is uh, more of Food First Michigan and hopefully uh, even a better segment than the last one. And Dominic Pallone is our guest. He's the executive director for the Michigan Association of Health Plan. Jerry, you really love this concept of more and better. Tell us what you mean and how does that apply to Dominic and his association? Well, of course, healthcare represents a huge part of the economy, and there's a reason why. You know, all of us need it, and we need quite a bit of it. And and when you start to take things to scale, right, you have to be concerned about the that growth is not just a uh, one for one, right? The more you grow, you have to have economies of scale, if you will, and that's a business model that we all understand. But how do you manage economies of scale? against the social background that we have to deal with, against even the sociology, the number of people and who are they and what are they doing. You gotta put that up against what's happening in the economy. You gotta put that up against things like a pandemic that comes along and now you've gotta change a lot of other things, right? It's not so easy when you've got a huge, huge system 
to manage whatever those economies of scale have to look like. And yet, if we're going to have affordable anything, whether that's food or whether that's healthcare or whether that's automobiles, we have to do not just more, but we have to do more and better or else eventually it all becomes unaffordable. So that's, you know, kind of the sustainability part of the work is to understand not just what does more look like, but what does better look like so that we can drive our costs all in the right direction? And I know, Dominic, that is, I mean, part and parcel of the things that you've got to be able to explain every time you're in front of the legislature. And I'm sure it's the stuff that your members are talking to you about as they struggle with some really significant um, challenges in terms of managing all the healthcare people want at a cost that we can afford. That's right. It's uh, it can be challenging at times. Obviously, uh, I think you know the analogy I like to give is everybody wishes they could have it and drive a Cadillac, right? But we have to we have to find a level of care that's affordable for for individuals. We have to do what we can as an insurance provider industry to to exert our power at times, our influence at times, um, but to help keep costs low in order to help keep healthcare affordable. And, and ultimately we are always looking, our industry is always looking out there to do better uh, at trying to improve quality outcomes. And that means working with partners. Um, often our industry of course is not the boots on the ground, the frontline workers serving individuals, meeting them in their communities. Uh, but we are contracting with partners that do, whether that's contracting with your local primary care provider that uh, that uh, an enrollee may see, a, a patient may see, to make sure that we're doing what we can as an insurance provider to equip that primary care provider with the tools they need and analytics, data, outcome measures in order to drive them towards the best medicine and best care for their patient, or whether that means working with, with uh, food banks and food pantries, uh, other community benefit organizations around the community to ensure that our members, uh, especially in the Medicaid population, know where they can access affordable and healthy, nutritious food um, so that they can, uh, while it's not a medical claim per se, but so that they can overall have their overall health improved. We know that those levers are always out there. We're always seeking better levers. The biggest lever to find here to improve the overall health, uh, health of the population our members cover. Yeah, I know every time I see my doctor, she thinks she should get paid more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I, I should get paid more too, but that's not gonna happen, Jerry. I... <laughs> But I think me, me three and he's my board chair. <laughs> I think that the point you make though is understanding what drives the costs and and really where the right controls are to best um, work together, right? None of us can do this alone. So if population health is driven, the cost at, at least is driven in large part by how we treat ourselves, right? What are we eating? Are we exercising? Are we doing those kinds of things? If we know that a lot of the costs ultimately come from our own personal behavior, then if we apply our, our the majority of our efforts in other things that might have an influence but significantly less influence, you're going to have a lower return on that investment, right? So how do we get the best return on all the investments that we have and put those investments in the right buckets? And then whose investment is it, right? So if <laughs> I'm charged with one particular thing, and, and that's what I do really well, but, but something else is affecting my outcomes, does it become my problem or isn't it my problem? 
Is it somebody else's problem? Well, it doesn't matter the answer, but we need an answer, and then we have to figure out how to support whoever is responsible. And I think that's a, it's, I mean, it's all out there. It's not hard to understand. It's not rocket science. That's why I can be part of it, right? <laughs> but, but, um, but it is the significantly what drives success. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that. Get, go ahead. Oh, good. I'm sorry, I was just going to say I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, we are constantly looking at, I, I think healthcare is constantly evolving, right? We, as an industry, have been focused so much on paying for claims, paying for sickness, right? And our industry has gradually transitioned into trying to pay to ensure health. And that's been a struggle along the way, right? We're, we're learning as we go here as an industry as well. Um, but I honestly, in the last decade that I've been involved uh, in and around healthcare in the state of Michigan, our members have made leaps and bounds in this area. And, and uh, as you all well know, we, you know, we often are looking for those non-clinical levers to pull that can produce the better outcome for the overall health of the individual at the end of the day. Um, and always looking for, for more and better partners uh, to partner with along that process. Well, we think there's a significant role for food to play in, as an intervention uh, in, you know, in, in both sides of this equation, uh, in preventative and then also in treatment. Um, and that's going to be part of the discussion that we have uh, at a conference that you guys are sponsoring uh, this, this very soon. Uh, and so uh, I'm happy to be a part of that. Dr. Dawn Opal on our team is also, and then uh, Mr. Lewis Rubel from the Department of Health and Human Services, Chief Deputy Director for Opportunity, which is a great segue, Dominic, for you to share with us why this, why, why food insecurity at your conference? Why would you highlight that? No, I appreciate it. We're, we're really excited. And again, our, our conference, uh, it's our 36th annual conference. The, our association uh, holds this uh, traditionally and again this year, uh, both in person this year and virtual this year at the Grand Traverse Resort, July 27th through the 30th. And on July 30th, on that last uh, day of the conference on Friday, uh, in the morning, we will have a session devoted to food, uh, food security issues. And uh, Phil, as you mentioned, you'll, you know, you've been gracious enough to volunteer your time and expertise to be a part of that and, and help pull together that, that uh, robust council there to, to help us discuss this uh, in-depth topic with our members and other attendees. So uh, if folks are interested in, in watching virtually, they can go onto our website, www.mahp.org and find out more information about how they can register to watch that. We'll also have uh, clips available after the conference for folks to, to watch online as well that may have missed it. Uh, but no, we're very excited. We're very blessed and, and fortunate that you said yes and that others have said yes to, to really focus on this. Our members are trying to find what we can do uh, coming out of this conference, what more can we do as uh, within our role in, in the, uh, the healthcare environment and ecosystem here in Michigan, what more can we do and who can we partner with to really produce some positive outcomes here in addressing food security issues? Uh, and as I said at the start, I mean, I'm a firm believer. Uh, I think you guys have, have uh, educated me well over the years that this is a solvable issue. And I think you know, our member health plans, especially those that are involved in trying to address uh, health and equity issues, they see this as one of those critical areas that, uh, that they can devote more resources to, that they are inclined to devote more resources to uh, because it can be a solvable issue here in Michigan and, and across the United States. 
Well, I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, I think my role is really arm candy. Uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> again. <laughs> you know, Dr. Opal Dawn is, uh, is brilliant. Uh, Lou is very insightful, from a, particularly from the state government side, and how they're addressing food insecurity challenges across the state. Um, so my job, I think, will just be try to get people ready to charge hell with a water pistol. And believe what you said, Dominic, and what Jerry says every week, that this is a solvable problem and, um, and we, can do, we can do more and we can do better together. So we're excited for the opportunity and, and, and we thank you for it. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got to take a quick break so that uh, Mark can pay some bills here, but we'll come back with one more segment with Dominic Cologne, the Executive Director of the Michigan Association of Health Plans, Jerry Brisson, and myself, Dr. Phil Knight. You come back and be with us as well. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Thanks for listening, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson and our guest, Dominic Pallone, the Executive Director for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. Dominic, what's, what do you, from your chair, uh, you know, high atop the entire empire of health care, uh, <laughs> what, what do you see on the horizon? And, uh, you know, in these days as we are coming out of this public health emergency. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I don't quite... Uh, reside in an ivory tower that some people think, but uh, no, I'm I, sure. You know, <laughs> so we are. Uh, our industry, though, is is really lasered focused on trying to make sure that as as we're coming out of this public health emergency, knock on wood, coming out of this public health emergency, that we're still uh, vigilant and that people are still doing the things that they need to do in their daily lives to be safe uh, and be healthy. Um, first and foremost, that means making sure that people have access to uh, vaccines and, and the COVID vaccine in, in particular. Uh, our members are really working with all the community partners we can, hospital systems, uh, pharmacies, local public health departments, um, universities, you name it, we're working with them to try to make mm -hmm. sure that we're getting people access to those vaccines uh, and getting people transportation or meeting them at their home, bringing the vaccines to them if they're unable to get out uh, to get to it so that they can live a safe and secure life as we go forward here uh, sure. coming out of this public health emergency. Beyond that, uh, we're really concerned quite candidly about where some of the preventative medicine claims have fallen to. And obviously, as healthcare payers, we see it on the back end. We see it as, as that encounter happens, the claim is then submitted to my members. And our data for preventative care, for primary care visits, for uh, childhood vaccination efforts, for adult vaccination efforts, for flu and other disease that can be prevented, easily prevented, we're seeing a considerable drop off over the last huh. uh, 12 months to 18 months. So we're really laser focused on trying to work with our partners to get a proper return to proper utilization. Now, that doesn't mean I want folks running out to the ER to go get their shots for the flu in the sure. fall. Uh, but it does mean get in touch with your primary care provider. And if you don't have one, 
contact your health insurance provider. We will work with you to, to find you a good primary care provider or to get you into a health clinic, to get you into a, 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 a hospital system, wherever uh, we can find you access to get you that preventative care you need. Um, but it's been startling to see some of the drops in uh, flu rate, some of the drops in uh, um, you know, ER visits for heart attacks, for strokes. Mm. These things did not just disappear. Right, they they are there. They're under the surface. This has been deferred care or or care that's been ignored. Uh, that someday will come home to roost for the individual, and we'd rather that be in the preventative setting than in the emergency setting. So, you know, we're we're really trying to encourage people to get out there and, and use the preventative care services and use them appropriately. Yeah, that's a really excellent point because we know that one of the biggest challenges for the people that we work with is managing that monthly budget right and and so you know when you're when you're really looking at what what time and effort you have to do everything you need to do um when you when you take time away from making sure you manage your health that's a that might be a short-term win but that's a long-term higher cost and it gets significantly higher especially when you start looking at uh, having diabetes or, or hypertension or other things that become uh, costly to manage in both time and effort. Plus, if you're spending time in the hospital, you're not spending that time at work or, or taking care of your kids or other things. And so there's so many reasons why it's important to take care of your health. And we all know it. And I will tell you, the people we work with know it too. So what becomes the issue is, how do you take the time you need to take? And I will say, even, even as, as a person that's not food insecure, managing that time is sometimes a hard thing to do, right? And so we know it's tough, but as you said, there's ways that you can get help. If you need a doctor, if you don't know who your doctor is, or you're not sure in your community where you can go to get help, Dominic, where can people go? Where can people go? Right. Well, there's there are community organizations throughout Michigan, certainly in southeast Michigan, pretty, pretty uh, prevalent around there. There are federally qualified health centers. There's health clinics. Um, but importantly, from our industry, we always encourage you to turn over to the back of your insurance card. Call the number on the back. Talk to one of our care managers. Talk to one of our nurses uh, that, that work for our health insurance providers. Um, talk to talk to your insurance company about making sure that you're getting proper access or go on to your uh, insurance company's website and and look at the provider directory that's available find a provider near you we can help facilitate that we can help with depending on the benefit structure like the medicaid population our members provide non-emergency transportation uh, to, to folks so that they can get to and from their medical appointments as needed. We can help with scheduling. We can, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're doing our role in helping people. And, and you're absolutely right, Jerry, it's about priorities, right? And, and whether that's a, a financial prioritization issue, a time management prioritization issue, but we all have to take our health seriously or else it will it will take our time, it will take our resources, it will take our finances if we don't uh, focus some of our time, finances, and, and, uh, and ability on the preventative medicine first. So, uh, and, the, and again, to really pull it all back to, to what you all deal with day in and day out, the food issues, food insecurity issues here are so important and so, in the grand scheme of things, of, of all the health ailments that are out there that people have to worry about, and. Uh, time off from work to go to the doctor's office. Now we've got telehealth visits that can make that easier for someone, right? 
we're, we're finding these solutions. I believe we can find more and better solutions around making sure that we've got access, uh, people have access to healthy and nutritious food uh, at an affordable price so that that doesn't become a financial burden for them or one more barrier to improving their overall health and, and being the best person that, that we all can be. That's excellent, Dominic. I love that. In fact, um, that that was so good. I'm going to let you off the hook. You don't have to. You don't have to be with us anymore. Uh, no, it's been great to have you. And uh, you know, I, there's a lot of associations in Lansing. You and I, we that's our world. We work in that. But you know, you're one of the hand most hands-on leader. You're right there in the trenches, advocating on behalf of your association, your members, and the people that they serve. And um, I think we just need we need we should probably just say thank you for how you are investing your one handful of life to really uh, make a difference. And thanks for elevating the issue of food security with your members. Uh, we're gonna try to do a great job for you so that we get invited back. Uh, and uh, we, we're, we're thankful for your friendship and now we're thankful for your partnership. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. And once again, I very much appreciate being on Food First here today and uh, look forward to continuing this conversation with you both and, and with I'm sure some of the listeners that are out there that are in this space as well. Um, we, can, we can do more and do better and work together to solve this issue. I really believe we can, so thank you. It's our pleasure. He's Dominic Pallone. He's the executive director for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. He's been our guest. Jerry and I are back to wrap up this edition of Food First Michigan in just a moment. Jerry, that was Dominic Pallone, the uh, executive director for the Michigan Association of Health Plans. And how powerful of a statement is it that when the director of 10 plans, Michigan Association of Health Plans says, I believe food insecurity is solvable. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, and, and what, what even adds more value is he has ideas about it and he's making it a priority at their at their uh, annual conference, you know, and so I, I mean, again, it, it just it continues to um, move the needle, right? We continue to move the needle, and even though some things are more incremental than others, there are thresholds, right? And I think as we continue to involve people like Dominic, who's so smart and knows so much about what's going on in his part of the the industry. You know we're gonna we're gonna hit those thresholds and we're gonna see big leaps coming. Now you know is it this year? Is it next year? But it's coming. It's not far away, and we're gonna see I think some pretty big leaps in terms of understanding the investments that should be be made, who should make them, how much those investments should be, so that we can really see some uh, improvements both in food security and in health results for the whole population. I think there's some great synergy there. Uh, so, it, you know, it goes back to the question we, we've asked ourselves over the years is who wins when we win? And in this particular instance, it's the people who are patients, right? It's, it's the providers who are the doctors and the nurses and, and that entire team. And it's also the payers. And, and I, I think that it's 
been pretty special when you look at our long list of distinguished guests on this show that Dominic is really the first payer, uh, particularly the CEO of, a, of a, the Michigan Association of Health Plans, to be with us and share specifically from that perspective. And again, that perspective is this is a solvable problem. Yep, exactly right, and exciting. I mean, you know, we, we've been doing this show going on four years, and I'll tell you what, we continue to find more and more allies and more and more people that add value. I want a big shout-out to our listeners who are part of the solution. You know, we're getting it done one step at a time, and how, how tremendously that played out during the pandemic, I mean, it's, it's just beyond words, right? It was awesome. Well, Jerry, I think it's time for a little food for thought. An enigma wrapped in a riddle shrouded by a mystery, or something like that is how the saying goes, that's used to describe the most complex situations and our most difficult social problems. But let's not give hunger more credit than it deserves. Hunger as a daily challenge or food insecurity as a lifestyle are co-mingled with the challenges associated with poverty and take shape in the form of the lack of access to education, health care, food, housing, and all the things needed to live life in America. Hunger is not unbeatable, but hunger is a bully. It makes us think it is a giant that cannot be defeated. It postures itself as a mountain that cannot be climbed or as a river that cannot be crossed. Bullshit. Hunger is a man-made problem, and it can be solved by us as long as we do more and better together. I repeat, it is not bigger than we are, it is not better than we are, and it is not beyond us to solve. So join us in the fight, the good fight that believes the best can come when you put and keep food first, folks food first food first michigan presented by farm bureau insurance of michigan and by the food bank council of michigan creating a food secure state